0: Today's guest is the author of several academic publications. She is the CEO of Multiple Voice LLC, she is a voice coach and is the host of Multiple Voices podcast. She is a former interpreter of the United States Department of State, Washington DC and is currently a professor at a university in Italy. Welcome to the show, Claudia. How are you doing? Thank
1: you, thank you, Toby. You said my name perfectly.
0: Uh, that's a <laughs> you are totally. the
1: you are the first the first host
0: who says. Claudia. <laughs> oh, that's, I, I love you. that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so, so much for, for joining me today on this episode of Meritalk. Thank you for having me. I'm, Thank I'm, you for I'm, having me. I'm just really excited to be speaking with you. Even before present record, like we've just been conversing and I just enjoy, you know, just speaking with you already. That's, that's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Me
1: too. Me too. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm an open book. We can, you know, really talk about anything. Yeah. But um, as I was mentioning, this I, what I really really like is the title of your podcast mm-hmm. Mirror talk. I think that that's probably when first of all it's original mm-hmm. all right you don't find mirror in in many podcasts mm-hmm. and then it, it's so interesting because it covers so many different fields yes. you know because when you talk about a mirror, you talk about how people see each other how people see other people how other people see them mm-hmm. how that changes as time goes on and in certain I love it I just love it wow, thank you congratulations thank you so much yeah. I really
0: appreciate it thank you so so much so you know you have you have worked as an interpreter for the US Department of State, yes. and you're a professor, yes. you're the CEO, and you know, you're a podcast host. You have experienced a lot of things, or you've done a lot of things so yeah. far. Yeah. So I'd love to learn more about that. Can you share more about your your life okay. and career journey with me?
1: Okay, okay. So, so let's say that... Um, As you uh, said in the beginning when you were introducing me, most of the things, even if there's so many different things, they have a a thread, a common thread, Mm -hmm. and it's always language. Mm -hmm. It's always to do with either speaking or uh, communicating, and it has to do with interpersonal relations. And my work at the um, uh, State Department was as an interpreter. And what what do they do? Interpreters usually... Are let's say a go-between between between two people who speak different languages. That's two people, but they can also be conference interpreters, where you sit in a booth generally and you listen to the um, to the message in one voice in one language Mm -hmm. and you speak in another. That's simultaneous interpreting. That's one of my favorite. That's what I teach actually, Mm -hmm. and um, so so it's interesting. I used to think. Back when I was working a lot more as an interpreter, I used to think, oh, my God, this is getting boring. I wish they knew what they were talking about, at least, you know, yeah, it is. <laughs> because you have to repeat people's thoughts sometimes that are just pitiful some you know mm. or they they just don't make any sense mm. they try they say okay there are four points in blah 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 and they say two mm. or three but never four yeah. you know so, so you just go with the flow and sometimes you correct mm. but it's interesting it, it, you, you learn a lot you really learn a lot mm. um but then I got tired of doing that because I was always Had to interpret somebody's else, uh, somebody, someone else's thoughts, and um, it became, of course, easy and second nature. And um, it it is something that there's a gift, just like any other profession. Mm. There are gifted doctors, gifted artists, Mm. and uh, since I said that I teach interpreting, you can learn it, of course. Mm. And it's not about. It really isn't about. The languages and how many languages and how well you know those languages. Really, it's about how delicate you are in understanding that social dance. Because when you're working, especially in politics, yeah. people don't want to be understood. They talk, but they don't want to be understood. And that's difficult. That's really,
0: really difficult. So there are a lot of stories. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. yeah a lot of stories there. But I'm quite interested, I'm quite interested in this um, interpreter work that you did for a while. Um, can you tell me about, you know, the, the changing role of an interpreter, for example, and how does, you know, this self-preservation in simultaneous interpreting comes into play? The role of the
1: interpreter has changed so much, so much over the years. Um, well, over these last three years, mm-hmm. just, just simply because since COVID, we do not go to conferences mm-hmm. and we are always... I'd say 99% of the time behind a computer now. And so you can understand how difficult that is because we are in a conversation, Toby, and either you speak or I speak because otherwise the people will hear two overlapping voices and they can't understand. So a lot of companies started working on that problem and created um different channels and different platforms to be able to listen to the original, have people attend the conference, and uh, also for interpreters to work. And um, so so that was partially solved. Mm. Uh, the role of the interpreter has changed also in a different way because um, many times you are just not, you are not just an interpreter, but mm. you are a confidant if you're in a, a liaison, mm. A situation where if you travel with the political delegate, you, a delegate, you are their confidant in the sense that they need information from you before they go into meetings, mm-hmm. and they need to know from you the customs of certain countries, certain cities, certain people, and certain political parties. Can I say this? Would I be offensive if you know? So, so many of the times you're asked. Much, much more than uh, the the language uh, uh, programs teach you, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, so that is, like I said, it's not all about the language. It's really about this social dance that's that um, that's difficult. And when you talk about self-preservation, um, this was a study I did a while ago. It's actually the basis for my PhD. Mm. Um, when you're talking, um, I mean, if I said to you, Toby. Yeah how dare you? How could, how could you have such a podcast? You should be ashamed of yourself. That's a, that's a threat, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's mean, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's something I, you know, people just don't say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I really wanted to sugarcoat it, I could say something like, are you really sure that that's the right word, words to use to describe your podcast, couldn't you probably have found a title that could have been more conducive? Or, you know, I could have changed it yes, in a different way. Yes. So what happens in politics, especially, but in general, all every day is that people talk to each other. And when I said before, they really don't want to be understood. That's true. And when there is an interpreter between two people, they use the interpreter to say really mean things. Mm. Tell him to go to hell. Mm. (laughs) I like hell. I will do that. You know, and tell him those words, tell him those words, you know, and it's terrible. Mm. Um, So what I did was a a survey. Oh, I took uh, some data from a conference where uh, there are professional interpreters and their situations. I'll give you an example. There was an Israeli, this was a conference on women uh, politicians in the Mediterranean. Mm. And um uh, an Israeli delegate uh, stood and it was her turn to speak because they had to talk about the situation of women in their area and what they were doing or how it has changed recently. She got up and she started saying in English, she said, um, please forgive me. I have a sore throat yesterday. I had a fever, but I will do my best. And as soon as she finished that, she turned And she said, I heard what you said yesterday. She was talking to, I I think, another woman from um, another, uh, you know, rival country in that area. Mm. Um, And and the interpreter who was working from English into Italian had this little delicate set. You know, she didn't know what to say because she didn't understand. All of a sudden she was, you know, saying I couldn't, I can't speak your language and I have this, I had a fever, but I will do my best. And then attacking this other woman all of a sudden. Now, in English, you know, we say you. I heard what you say. Mm -hmm. I heard what you said. I heard. And you, you, you doesn't change. But in uh, romance languages like French, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, and Italian, there is a formal way of saying you. Mm. The Spanish is usted instead of, you know, uh, you, you and Italian as well. But it doesn't matter if there's a formal or informal, that's not the question because in a conference, if you point at someone, that's a threat. you single someone out in a crowd of 500, that is really something you don't do. Mm -hmm. So I looked at how the interpreter dealt with that. And in that, this is just an example, there were very many, but in that specific example, she turned and said, Yesterday, I heard that there was uh, talk about Arafat and blah, blah, blah. And she took a distance from the words that the woman had said. And so what I found was that she was saving face instead of having a face threat, instead of threatening the woman, she moved away and made it passive it was passive I heard that people said and similarly to this this happens in language all the time we all do Uh, we do use the passive tense and others then I interviewed them and they said they would never make a threat as the original speaker has said they all what we call mitigate they all change it usually they could say something like um Uh, the speaker said that. Because when people are listening to you, they take you for the speaker. Mm -hmm. You know, they're listening to you. They don't understand. Many don't even believe that it's, you know, real person speaking. And that happened to me personally. It was very difficult, very, very difficult situation I was in. um, I had two delegates with me at the time, and uh, we were at this underground um, compound in the United States. And Mm -hmm. Uh, it was you know, top secret, we couldn't go in with any pens, papers. And of course, when you're working, you need pens and papers. And working with two people is very difficult because you're whispering, we had no booths. Mm. And one of, there were two different political parties and they did not get along. Oh. And one of them in particular just kept speaking over me. Mm. What did you say? What did you say? And of course, when I heard him and I heard the speaker, I, I couldn't work. Mm right Mm. so that was the start of a terrible day then we got into the big hall and you know the the general came in and talked about the compound and the same delegate said to me ask him how much money he makes Mm. I looked at him and especially well in the United States you don't do that you don't go and ask people direct questions like that what who do you vote for how much money do you make you know are you Jewish you you just don't do that and of course that's it's in many countries, it's, there's uh, you know social graces don't put you in a situation to do that. People avoid that, right? Yes. And I said to him, you know, you just can't ask him how much money he makes. It's just not done. And I tried to tell him twice, he stands up, shouts and said, how much money do you, and in Italian, mm-hmm. he shouts and says, how much money do you make? Mm-hmm. I was, I could have, you know, gone underneath the ground. I didn't know where to turn. I was trying to hide and I couldn't. So I stood up and I found myself saying, the gentleman to my right would like to know your salary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So so it was him. It wasn't me. Yeah, you know? yes, yes. Because we always talk in the first person. So that would have required me to stand up and saying, um, I, you know, <laughs> and I couldn't do yes. that. And and so so this. Uh, face preservation the self preservation is how to shield yourself from getting you know threats to you uh, uh, and, and doing it to others it's a it's a dance it's like a social dance when you speak mm-hmm. um but it's it's interesting and it's delicate and it's um and it can be done if people were just a little sensitive yeah, to that
0: yeah, you know yes i do yeah I do. yeah, yeah. Well, and you, you do also other things like you're, you're writing a book, for example, you've written other, other academic publications already. Right, you have a YouTube right. channel, you host a podcast, a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lot, of, lot, of, lot of things.
1: Yeah, I, I have this YouTube channel. I created this person called uh, Christelle Martinet mm. because I was angry with everyone at the university. I was fighting with everybody and I said, stop. Now I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do things that I like. Mm. And so... I come from a generation of, you know, uh, uh, of uh, psychics. My mother was psychic. She was a card reader. And her mother was a card reader, and her mother was a card reader. And that's so I started reading cards on the on YouTube as a game, as a game. And my father also had a lot of uh, uh, experience with psychic mediumship, right? So, and that just grew and grew and grew and grew. And um, then that became of a small business and a, a sort of a hobby as well. Mm-hmm. But um, one of my most, um, one of the most important things I think that people come to me for is, is the mediumship. They want to talk to their loved ones who have passed. Mm-hmm. And so that is the biggest part of my work in that business. Mm-hmm. Um, so So that's how that started. Mm-hmm. And the podcasting uh, came up because I actually, uh, well, I was working with this woman who was a consultant and she was telling me how things work in the United States because I had never published in the United States Mm. a, a, a work, a nonfiction. And she said, look, every now and then, you have this beautiful way of writing, but every now and then you turn a corner and you become that professor mm. and it just changed the style. Yeah. Why don't you read it out loud? Read it out loud because I heard you in in YouTube. So I started a podcast called uh, Pleasure Seeking mm. because the name of the book is The Magic of Pleasure Seeking. I swear to you, Toby, I swear. Mm. My first few episodes were done lying in bed with my phone and talking just talking and And then I started reading chapters of the book and that's how it started Mm. so then I started branching off and I thought well let me call it multiple voices like my company Mm. in the United States and um, because this way I can talk about politics power you know uh, any kind of you know empowerment and uh, sex Mm. (laughs) anything and so so that's how it started but but um what what is interesting is that every person who who you speak to is a different story, and I love the stories. I just love to listen to the stories, to people's stories. Yeah,
0: yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I also love that too. I love listening to people's stories. Like yours also right now, yeah. for example, and everything you experience as an interpreter too. I was. I've been fascinated by listening to the story and even wanting to know more, but I, well, I have <laughs> other questions to ask you and we have so much limited time okay. that I have to okay, just move okay, on. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so- All right, go. So I, I would love to know about the book, actually. I would love to know about the magic okay. of pleasure-seeking. What inspired you to, okay. to write this book? And you know, we were talking about, about chapter, two, <laughs> chapter two before we started, The Goddess, but before we started, let's just start with, you know, the inspiration behind the book.
1: Okay, um what I started, um, I had a, a project in in you know because we do we we do research as professors. And my area of study is power and ideology and power in every different form, okay? Mm. Because I generally work in with politics. And ideology in the broad sense, how people think. Okay. Mm. So I study oral texts, written, all of that kind. And I started looking at American TV series. Mm. And I was interested in, and, and the ones that I was watching for my own pleasure were ones that were in Washington, DC, were in CIA, the CIA, you know, were places that I had seen, that I've been to, so of course I watched them. Yes. And I started noticing the female characters. And my my original project was women of power for, for the academic field. And I started looking at a different TV series and studying the language, and I'm a social linguist, so that means I, I study the language in the context. Mm. So I had to study, you know. For, for example, um, there was a TV series called Scandal. Mm. I think it was translated in, in many different languages, mm. and it was um, there was the main character called Olivia Pope. Yes. She was a fixer. She was a a a, um, an, a, um, a lawyer, yes. and she had her own company, and she would work with high powered. Uh, professionals and politicians and it was so interesting to see because there there was not always only the fact of being a woman the race issue uh uh, her her family Mm -hmm. she came she was black but She went to Cambridge University, so she was different, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the the way people interacted with her sometimes when they wanted to criticize her Mm -hmm. was amazing, you know, so I started like that. Then I went to the CIA. There was another TV series called Homeland, where the female protagonist was an agent that was sent always abroad because she was brilliant. She was dynamic, Mm but she had bipolarity. She was bipolar. And I thought that was so odd. How is it? And I thought to myself, you always see bipolarity in women Mm. in these shows, Mm. but not in men. Mm. And so then I, you know, that was another study I did. And so I put them together and I put the notes together and that's how Women of Power, the idea started. Mm. But in the United States, it took on the the. Um, the title pleasure seeking the magic of pleasure seeking because there was a twist I changed the idea around mm. each of these women to me corresponded to an archetype mm. for example this uh, Olivia Pope in Washington was a fixer mm. yes. okay and uh, the the bipolar her name was Carrie in the homeland TV mm. series she was an agent you know, a a secret agent we could have called it. So that was a different archetype. And I grouped them all together in different parts of the book. Mm -hmm. That then changed. And I thought, let me use this as a message to women because we've got to change these dynamics, okay? Because if I study social linguistics and I study hegemonia, power and ideology, I have to use my writing to start changing things. So I wanted to talk to millennial women Mm -hmm. And that's 25, 35, 25, 40, things like that. And the idea is they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They're the children of baby boomers mm-hmm. who they criticize. They saw their parents working nonstop. They saw their parents doing certain things, buying homes, getting the car, always trying to make more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this is I'm generalizing now mm-hmm. what happens is, despite all of their criticism, they now are high-powered people trying to get a high-powered job. They want the family. They want children. They want the car, the house, everything. And they're suffering just as much. Why am I saying this? Because, of course, before you write a book in the United States, you have to motivate. Why are you writing this book for that target? I found that um, there was a high number of Uh, depression cases in the millennium millennial women cohort Mm. in that group
0: yes yes
1: and um, but these women are also the women who are ready to just you know wash their hands of what they've been doing and go to the himalayas or go off to a mountain retreat and change their life and change the nature of their business so i'm thinking okay that's what i want to get in and I talk about archetypes such as the goddess, the queen. I talk about the fears. There are four fears that we all have. One of them is the victim, one of them is, the, is a child. You know, so we talk about that, the witch and how the witch um is linked to blood and what blood uh, uh means for the woman. Blood is actually our power. I mean, women, most women all over the world bleed for three to seven days without dying, yeah. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah, that you know, is that's powerful. really powerful. Yes. So that's how the book started. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. I'm getting it off the ground. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm having fun with it. I'm having fun with it. Yes. But I get, and this brings me to another idea because even though the title is Pleasure Seeking, mm-hmm. right, yes. the magic of pleasure seeking there, I speak about the shadow side mm. because my beliefs are I'm not – Naive enough to think that the world is always beautiful and we have, you know, rose colored glasses. But if you are happy, you have to embrace what you see in the mirror true. because you're not always looking at something you like.
0: That's true. Right? That's true. I'll
1: give you an example. I'll give you an example. Let's say you wake up, you feel Horrible. Okay. You really feel horrible. It could be maybe you slept little, maybe your, you know, your companion left you, you lost your job, anything, but you just feel terrible. You walk around the house, you walk outside, and you start looking at yourself in store windows. When you get back home, you cross the mirror, you look at yourself, and you look, and you're so surprised that you don't look that bad because you felt so bad. But then when you see yourself, God, I look pretty good. And isn't it funny how your mood, changes so fast Mm. when your mirror says come on lady you don't look that bad (laughs) and so yeah so so it's it's you know this this inside and the outside uh that game that that we play with ourselves. and you really need to embrace that you really need to those days that that shadow side through the mirror comes and gets you Mm -hmm. you really have to look out for it and know that you're prone to do that yes And how far will you go before you get out of that? Because then you cannot be happy. Otherwise, you won't be able to to be, you know, uh, uh, pleasant or joyful or happy. Um, And another thing that, um, as I speak, it's made me think of it, Um, in my um, studio, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can see it because we're looking at each other. Your audience may not. Mm-hmm. My floor is checkered, black and white. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, one day I lost something. It was the bottle, top, a, a cap of a bottle. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. I thought, okay. I'm getting old, you lose things, okay, forget mm-hmm. it, it'll pop up, right? Yes. My mother always used to say, look, your house does not rob, but your house just hides <laughs> things. Okay, okay, yeah. so I, one day I was lying on my couch and I was looking and I was working, you know, I had my iPad, I was writing, and I looked at one of the mirrors that I have. I have these locker, gym locker-like, uh, um, mirrors like closets Mm. and they have mirrors and I was looking over to the side at at an angle and I saw the other side of the room Mm. and I saw the bottle cap it was under a chair and it was white Mm -hmm. and it was on the white tile and it made me because I thought to myself you mean I didn't even clean it over there? I didn't vacuum <laughs> it? And I was laughing and laughing and laughing. Yeah. I hadn't seen it because it was white, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that means to me, you know, if I looked in a different way in that mirror at another angle, I would have seen something different, yes. you know? Yes. All you have to do is shift a little bit mm. and you see your your perspective changes, mm. you know? And if you look, if you take your camera in in Zoom and you raise it, you have a different person. You may look better. You may look worse. You put it underneath, you know, look very scary. Yeah. You never know. So this this idea of mirror really is important mm. because it, it gives us clarity. Yes. It, uh, it does really give us clarity. And it's frightening.
0: That, that, <laughs> that's true. That's very right. That, and that's one no. question I want to ask right, right now. Like, how do we deal with, you know, with the, with the magnitude of that our sh- shadow side like, you know, it could be frightening sometimes, it could be pleasing sometimes. How do we deal with, you know, our shadow side and the notions of visibility, like you made mention of, you know, with the mirrors in your room to be able to find the, the cup of the bottle. How do you deal with the notions of visibility and invisibility in relation to our perspectives? Yes,
1: okay, interesting. All right, you bring up visibility and invisibility. This is one part I I clarify uh, very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm very clear with this. The, the, the idea of... Um, invisibility invisibility is of course what you can see mm. all right yes. of course because our sight doesn't allow us to see things and sometimes it does but if you carry that idea away from what the sight means and put it into a social context mm. and we're talking about the shadow now right you're working You're at an office, you're working in an office, there are five people in the office, and there are two positions that come up in that office, in that company, and there are two out of the five that are interested in that position. Mm. You're friends, but when you find out that you both want it, something changes, Mm. something changes. Mm. Okay, one is a man, one is a woman, let's say, just for example, say, when you have... Conversation. This has to do with power, right? When you have conversation, I say to you, okay, uh, Toby, look, let's let's say that today, let's play a game, all right? Let's play a game. I'm going to say a word, and then you 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 give me a word, and then I have to add it. So we have to make a message. We have to create. A, a, a phrase or a concept, yeah. it's like we used to play when we were young, you know uh,
0: uh,
1: telephone, right? Mm. And this is a game that you play with someone to have fun, but also to be linked very, very closely, because without that other person, I couldn't finish my thoughts. Mm. and you have to under uh, you can't second guess the other person because they could say something completely different, right? Mm. Now that is a game that you can play socially. But sometimes you want to be visible. You want to shine. And that is a power that you have. But power also comes from knowing when to step back Mm -hmm. and letting the other person shine. Mm -hmm. That's visibility and invisibility. Power structures work in a way that we don't expect. Remember I spoke about the direct threats. You said, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that is called face threatening, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there's a way of distancing yourself using passive language. Power comes never when you directly threat, ever, Mm -hmm. ever. Because the language, there's distance and there's proximity. It's a complex um, algorithm that I've worked on, but the way you use your language will allow you to move closer, move farther away, to get more followers Mm. or to lose power and lose followers. And when you talk about a shadow, how can you embrace that? When you're really, really down and you know there's something out there, all you have to do is step back. You step back and you look at it Mm. for what it is not in relation to you, but objectively. And what it means to you, because if you understand why it has some pull over you, why is it bringing you down? If you can see that, it'll make you laugh. Just the way I was laughing when I was on my couch, looking at the mirror, and I saw the bottle cap on the white tile, Mm. And I started laughing because all of a sudden it was, you know, it wasn't the crazy woman who, you know, couldn't, who lost her memory. Mm. It was just perspective, you know, it's just perspective. Mm. So it's the way you look at that shadow um, and, and you embrace it. You can embrace it mm, then. Mm. It happens. I mean, we, we know life is life yes. and not every day is the same. Mm. But if you can say, okay, today's a good day. Great. Today's not so good. Oh, well, let's, I'll go have some ice cream <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'll change my mood or, or, or to have some chocolate. I'm surely to, you know, pop uh, out of my mood, yes. you know, it's, it's something you have to bring with you. Mm. It's it, it's part of you. It's not something you can cancel. It's part of your life. You know, mm. it's part of your scars. If you're, you know, if you're, you, if someone has hurt you, it's a scar. Mm. But that's part of who you are.
0: You know. Yes, and that's the way we, you yeah. know, embrace and dance with our shadow and also enjoy it. dancing.
1: Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing with it. That's the great metaphor. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. And how, how does you know power, like you mentioned earlier, how does it you know influence our relationships with other people? Also, like in our for example, um, people close to us, for example, or you know, people around us. How does power that we have is, um, influence the relationship we have with them?
1: Okay, well, it, it for me, you know, I, I having studied it, I always say, well, power is everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so it can be everything, and it's hidden everywhere. Um, let me let me say this. Um, l- let's say that there's one thing that's called game theory. Games, playing games. Yes. Game theory. Mm. And um, essentially, it means this: you don't want to win when you're playing, mm-hmm. especially in a relationships, yes. it could be a romantic relationship, a business relationship, a partnership, a family member. You never want to win, otherwise you lose, mm. because then there's no relationship. Yeah, you know? Yes. Okay, so so you play the game, and that goes, that's linked to the idea of visibility and invisibility. Mm. You play the game so you can continue to play the game. Yeah. And in a partnership, in a romantic partnership, that's very clear. Well, it's not as clear as I think, but to me, it's very clear because people have to win. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's even on this side, if we're not winning and we give them the, the, the uh, theater and the limelight yeah. and uh, their moment of glory... Mm-hmm. We are watching a show, and it's and it's pleasant for us as well. Yeah. So we, it's a win-win situation. But game theory tells uh, talks to us about how to keep the ball rolling, and power is influential in that. So uh, unless we're talking about uh, countries where there are there's absolute uh, uh, power, where there is no negotiation, but in in human relationships that's the game that for me, that's the game. It is always a matter. It's a dynamic. It's a dynamic equilibrium. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, balance is always dynamic. Sometimes it goes up and down and to keep the game going, you, it has to be dynamic. Mm -hmm. I have to be sad and you have to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be sad and I have to, that's how relationships are and how humans work. And, um, of course, there are many people, though, that would like to have a huge audience and be so powerful that they can influence everyone's lives. And there are. there are very many people because they are very um, they're very good at using their language. And behind their words, there are emotions and when you've got that very strong uh, ability those strong ingredients together they become powerful speakers yes. um, and you know every now and then they may even make you laugh <laughs> you know <laughs> so so you know that's how how the relations i believe that power is all around and uh, the game is not to win mm. that's the game i think that's a really, wow. and maybe pr- president trump could have understood that he probably you know, would have had a different outcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible.
1: (laughs) He wasn't playing the game right.
0: (laughs) Hi, friend. Are you enjoying this episode? We would love to hear from you. Kindly send us the feedback. Are you following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, maybe on YouTube and other podcast platforms? Are you following us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook? We would love to connect with you on all platforms. Links and further details are available in the show notes of this episode. Thank you. And one thing I find very interesting about you again is, you know, you're a psychic medium. So, mm. so for for someone out there who doesn't know about about it can you talk to me yeah, about okay. the psychic world and mediumship what does that mean what's that all about
1: okay um all right so so let's say that I'm thinking right mm. and I'm looking at you and you're not thinking I mean I could see what you're thinking and where you're getting at mm. you know mm. and I'm thinking yes he does want me to say something that's relevant to his audience mm. but So he could relax and he doesn't have to talk, you know? (laughs) So So that means I'm I'm reading your mind, right? But everybody does that. Mm. Because if you talk to me, Mm. you have to think a little bit ahead. And while I'm talking, you're already thinking a little ahead Mm. in terms of what you could say after that, if we're having a conversation. So everybody is a little bit intuitive. That's another word, intuitive. But for mediumship, uh, let's say, well, the psychic has it more refined mm. and more sensitive. Uh, for example, if you came to me, Toby, and you said, look, I am I, I have this, um, I've had these job offers, okay? Company A, Company B, Company C. Mm. Company A is called, well, I'll call it A, B, and C. And, um, but I really am having trouble choosing. What, can you give me any insight on that? and of course you know while we're talking i get it right away mm. and i'm i'm going to say it's it's going to be a because b and c will give you other things but for today yeah. it's going to be a because it'll get you then to a place where you can change your your uh, you know objectives mm. uh, and that that's a, a way of um not foreseeing the future yeah. but understanding how um How energy can move because we're talking about thoughts, we're talking about the way ideas, and those are that's energy. Mm. Now, mediumship means that a person has the spirit world, Mm. people who have passed, what even people who are still alive. I can channel for someone else Mm. i wouldn't do it unless i had the permission of that other person if they are alive but if they are are dead if they have passed Mm. uh typically the um typically it's let's say 80% 85% of the p clients that come to me want to talk to a relative or a loved one who have passed and very recently i've been receiving a lot of um, cases for um, either suicide or uh which is so sad very young people mm-hmm. and and covid deaths mm-hmm. and it's increasing because perhaps they there was no closure they wouldn't they weren't able to go to the hospital to, to stay with them. Yeah. And, um, and what happens is they ask questions, and I get the messages, and I relay them to them. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a little slow in the language, it's it's slower, but it comes out. And what's interesting about it is that I I tell them things that I could never know, I could never know where the will was in what closet or what, you know, what had happened when they were in the hospital. I couldn't know that or the way they called this person when they were alive, you know. So a lot of the times it's very, uh, I I like to do this. I like to do this even if I'm exposed to negative energy. I do come into contact with a lot of negative energy. I have to be very careful. I have to cleanse myself up before, after. But what's interesting is that people are able to connect. And I see that it's so important it's so important mm. they you really have to connect with you have to know that there there's a way to do that mm. um i mean there are more spirits than than humans on earth yeah. flying around you know that's true that's true but yeah so that it's fascinating
0: wow. mm. well does that have to do with anything spiritual or is it just like uh, like you said just energy and that's just all about it
1: well let's say that um the, the word spiritual has different meanings for different people. Mm. Uh, If I say to you, Toby, I'm very religious, you understand that to mean that I have a certain institutionalized religion, I'm Catholic or Jewish or Muslim, Mm. and I have certain practices. Okay, so you get that. But if I say I'm a very spiritual person, you would not even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And so usually the next question would be, well, well, in what way? You know, and so that uh, it depends, you know, one person would say to you, I contact my guides, my spirit guides often, and I pray to certain lords or whatever, according to their culture, Mm -hmm. without going to the temple, Mm -hmm. sometimes they can go to a temple, and so on. So, but being a a spiritual uh, being or acting in a spiritual way for other people might also mean... Uh, extending yourself to help others without profit, without uh, uh, well, unconditionally. Yeah. Be it's it's about love. Mm-hmm. It's really about extending love, and um, and spirituality for me is love. Mm. And uh, your spiritual essence to me is the love. I see when I see someone. Yeah. A lot of people call that light. And, and that's a metaphor. It's the same, you know, for me. Um, the, the, a lot of people, they talk about the soul and how their soul, Boy, you have a beautiful soul, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people, if you've asked them, well, what is the soul for you here again? where is it i mean if you look at you, you can't point to the soul anywhere you know yeah, that's true. and but but the body is nothing without a soul true, you know true. it's usually the soul with a body around it true. you know so a lot of people call it consciousness a lot of people call it different things so let's say that it shifts according to the culture that you're in today or uh, where you grew up and so it's very different but there is of course the concept whether you are alive mm-hmm. And you can talk to me or you are dead and you're no longer here. Mm. And if I speak to that soul, who's no longer alive, that is a spirit. Mm. Okay. And and not because I do that. I'm spiritual, but that is a spirit because they're not human. Right. So, so it is, it's, it's a difficult, it's very slippery. Mm. Uh, You know, it's slippery and slidey, the Mm -hmm. idea of soul, spirituality, and what is the spirit. Somebody, uh, a lot of people talk about the soul and spirit as being the same. I, you know, don't embrace that because I have my soul. Mm -hmm. Spirit may be my spirit guides. I know who my spirit guides are, I have all their names. I can talk to them. I talk to them every single minute of the day when I need help, Mm -hmm. you know. And, um, so so I, and and that's interesting too i also do spirit guide readings i find the 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 guides that people have and actually the way they want to to impulse the people and how they uh are show themselves yeah. and how they you know uh, what their role is in in their um for the person on their team. And so that's really fascinating as well. Mm. But there's a lot, one last thing uh, about this, and um, I want to link it to the notion of thoughts, Mm. is that we all have to be very, very careful about what we think Mm. and how we think because it flies right off us. And with COVID, what we're getting and what I'm seeing usually I could say, look, um, Toby, after I study your profile, yes. I create a protocol and I say, look, Toby, I see this, 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 and this. This has come from this person. This has come, this is ancestral. This is, today, that's not the case. It's changed. People are carriers. I could be a carrier for negative energy that I'm giving to you right now, for example, mm. but I didn't. it didn't originate with me because the energy in... The dynamics of the energy has changed so much and that's why it, it it's a time that's so changeable yeah. um it's it's quite difficult it's quite difficult to get your bearings sometime here too it's almost like the shadow mm. you have to embrace it this is what we're going through that's the way it is just you know clean go take a shower <laughs> put some put some perfume in the air yes.
0: <laughs> yeah just, very challenging with it yes so from, from yeah. everything you've experienced so far, I've, I've learned a lot already, like, you know, from your days as an interpreter and, you know, as from your book that you're still writing now, and also from your, you know, um, psychic mediumship Also, like what was the most interesting experience that you've ever had? Like from this, your interesting life already, what's the most interesting experience you've ever had?
1: Oh God, let's see. Um. I want to say so many things. Mm-hmm. I, 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 childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, and why I say that, why I say that, because, you know, even then I was writing books and everything and I got pregnant and I thought, okay, and you go into the hospital and you take all of these pre, pre-pregnancy uh, courses. Mm. But when you're there and you've got to have it, it's like an animal. You are like an animal. Mm. You take it rid of all of the other things yes. and it comes out. And then, I felt like a cow feeding the child. I mean, I felt I didn't. It, I, I I wasn't ready for it the first time. <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so that that's it. But I think my um, most interesting experiences is now through the podcasting. Mm. Um, and learning so much about other people yes. and the, the wonderful conversations. Mm. I think that that is the most rewarding. It's, it's rewarding. And what I like about it, it has nothing to do with monetary value mm. or it's nothing. It's just, it enriches you so much yeah. though, yes. you know? Yes,
0: yes that's also awesome.
1: That for me is interesting. Yes. And networking. Today with podcasting and anything you do, mm. the feeling that you're part of other people mm. Is so, so wonderful. Mm. It's am-
0: amazing. That's true. It's amazing. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's really good. Yes, I'm also. Expe- yeah. I, I'm also enjoying that. You know, the power of podcasting and networking. Yeah, yeah I can. Yeah, yes, I imagine. Yes. So you know, earlier you made mention of you know um, people carrying negative energy, for example, or positive energy. Yes. And these ancestral yeah. issues, for example, like just, yeah. just as a second to last question. Um, Sure. People, sure. people that are having, for example, psychological issues or this kind of, you know, negative energy issues. For example, how can they resolve this? How can they get rid?
1: Of okay. These um, of course, everyone will tell you again, someone something different. Mm. From my perspective, from my mirror, you know, from my where I'm looking, yes. and the and from my expertise, mm. I find that a lot of mental illness is caused by some form of negative energy that has been with the person not only in this lifetime but for past many past lives Mm. that's and i'm saying this i'm not saying that um all mental illness is linked to negative energy no but mm, i would tend to think so Mm. and unfortunately when it's not uh resolved it carries over it carries continually forward Mm. um I would love I'm the first one to say god if you give me a happy pill I'll be good for the rest of my life you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if if you have mental illness sure take anything you want you know when I was down I was really there was a time when I was so so down and all I wanted was a pill mm-hmm. <laughs> I would laugh. I'd go to to this doctor and say, "Can't you just give me a pill to make me happy? I'm so depressed mm, now." Mm, you know, mm. and I would be laughing. But it was it, it was a funny kind of uh, uh, thing to ask. But I can understand that there is, especially today, so many drugs that can do anything for you,
0: yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah,
1: yeah. But um, but I think that that uh, the issue of your mental um, health mm. is just that it's health and health is made up of everything yes. and health is linked strictly linked with social your social life yeah. and your the way you live mm-hmm. they cannot be brought apart um it, it is you know the, a human is a social animal mm. whether we like it or not mm. we are we come from people we come we pop out of people yes, you yes, know so yes. so that's our first you know our first contact mm-hmm. and uh and then of course people start thinking oh my parents oh why you know and, and there's a time when you just leave that link behind you can't uh, blame your parents for everything that's you right. know. <laughs> but um yeah i i i The mental illness is always, you know, a a big question mark. Mm. I do believe that um, it was misunderstood for many, many years. It has, it still is misunderstood. Mm. And and every day, I I hope that in the future, it will be, people will be more sensitive to energy, uh, the importance of energy that uh, a person has. Mm. And open to uh, non-medical careers, I'm a medical intuitive. That means that um, I study different organs and systems of the body to see where there's the accumulation of negative energy yeah. and when to clear it. Because if you keep it, then you will get very physically ill. Mm. And that is also fascinating. Um, but but it needs, you know, I think the, the hard scientists, the hard sciences really need to open to things that cannot be solved by just measuring yeah. it. It doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a, a friend of mine who is um, uh, uh, who is a, a physicist, and um, he said, you know, he's this, an experimental physicist, and he said, um, in our experiments, when we try to measure the origin of time, mm-hmm. we get there, and as soon as we think we've measured it, it shifts, mm-hmm. and it keeps moving, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that, that just goes to tell you, that's the hard... You can't get harder than <laughs> science, than, than physics, yes, you know. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you mean, for us to, you know, resolve all of these psychological issues, we should look into some things that are not, you know, medical or... Exactly,
1: like, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and not go late, go early mm. on, go early yeah. on, especially when you... Re- you realize there are certain patterns mm-hmm. Let me give you a couple of examples um you're a 35 year old man or woman mm-hmm. and you realize that you've had the same pattern recur mm-hmm. you meet a partner you stay together for four months and it's over mm-hmm. after the fourth month it's, it never goes forward mm-hmm. Because there's something that occurs and you start, then you start to think what's happening. You know, it has to be me because I'm the only one who's has been, has this, you know, and that's when people come to me to think I, I can't get out of this rut. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Yeah, I'm stuck. Yeah, sure, sure. And so then we work through the past lives, we work through the, uh, energy and, mm. and there's always a shift and always, always a shift. That's fast. That is that uh, is one of, I work with um, uh, soul therapy, I call it, and uh, of all the research I've ever done, this is the most fascinating for me mm-hmm. because I see the results. and um, it's just remarkable how changes come about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's I work with a lot of uh, uh, women who uh, have typically who typically come from society where their voices are not heard, mm-hmm. heard or where they are constrained to the family ties when they have to get married at an age, you know, under the age of 30, where they have, you know, all of these constraints. And um, and when they work with me, even if they're no longer 35, they're 50, and have been married for 20 years or t- 30 years, after this soul therapy, they find themselves turning to their partner and saying, uh, look, it's about time we stop doing this. We need to do that. I can no longer live like that. Whereas they would have never started saying any of that before. And that, that's one of the, the things that I have seen. I myself have, has, have gone through it. Mm. That's why I started uh, uh, this years ago uh, doing it. Because I realized that it's all about your thoughts. Mm. It really is uh, all about Good your thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I really do like to look at the dark side. I mean, who doesn't like to dance in those shadows? Come on, go down. There's that song, um, uh, Take a Walk on the Wild Side, this old uh, <laughs> this old song. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you go on the wild side and that's where you have fun, actually. You know, do things you're not supposed to do. Break the law, you know, <laughs> let me break the law. And then you have fun. And then just because you're breaking the law and then you come back the next day, you go to
0: work, you know. Mm.
1: Uh, so there are those sides that we need to dance in, you
0: know? Yeah, yes. So for someone out there who is interested to work with you, for example, what's the best way to connect and work with you or to get to read more about your um, academic publications, to get to know more about your services, to maybe watch okay. your... Watch your yeah.
1: There's some... Yeah, well, I'll I'll uh, give them to you, right to... There's um. um uh, my there my two websites. Mm. My author and voice coaster website is uh, www.claudiamonacelli.com, mm. and the other services where I work with energy is um, www.christellemartinette.com mm. and my YouTube channel uh, Claudia Monacelli, aka yeah. Christelle Martinet. Um, you'll be able to find me, get, uh, and the publications, there's, I'll give you a link to um, Google Scholars uh, where there's all of my, there are all of my publications there. Oh, that's awesome. Usually, probably.
0: That, that, that's <laughs> awesome.
1: Thank you so, so much. Thank you so, uh, thank you, Toby. <laughs> you feel, it was such a pleasant conversation. Thank you. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate Same
0: it. Same Thank you so much for everything you, you taught me and everything I was learn from you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.